going live. And we're live here on Facebook. And welcome to all of you listening in podcast land. And hello to those viewers on YouTube. Yay for the new viewers. Um, so I just told you real quick, but I will recap it. If you are listening to us, check us out on Facebook. Uh, if you want to join in the conversation, we are at facebook.com slash balls and sticks. That has a link to our facebook.com slash fans of balls and sticks, where you can be a fan of our page. Uh, and join in discussions there. That's where all our poll questions are, which we'll talk to talk about in a second. Uh, but first, Rich, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Mike. So we're both, uh, both the wife and I are out of our quarantine period uh, for COVID. I don't think either of us really got hit too hard with symptoms, but uh, but you know what? We got the antibodies now. <laughs> That's it's always a good thing to do. I'm still waiting for my antibody test to come in so that I can uh, I can no well, we longer might. wear a mask at work. I'm not worried too much about it either way. Okay, um, so yeah, how's the baby doing? Uh, baby's doing great. Uh, Rich got to see the baby for about uh, five minutes earlier while we were doing our pre-show. Um, so uh, no, she's doing great. You could tell she's filling out quite a bit, looking, getting getting her baby fat going, which is always good to see. Um, mm-hmm. starting to show more definition of what she's going to end up looking like, which is good. Uh, getting some facial features and that stuff in, which is always fun to do. Um, okay. Uh, so, uh, you know, not a huge show this week. Lots of yeah. baseball talk to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, we also have, uh, some quick hits. Rich, what are the other two topics, big topics we have for the week? Uh, you know, we'll be uh, talking a little bit of uh, NASCAR as uh, we're, they're going to be going on the road course, a pretty long road course uh, this week down in Austin, Texas. And uh, we'll also be talking um, a little bit about the Preakness and the NBA play-in tournament results. Nice. All that and more, but Rich, first, it's time to roll the intro. Yes, it is, Mike. Broadcasting live from somewhere in Iowa, this is Balls and Sticks, the podcast, with your hosts, Mike and Rich. Okay, and we are back. So, Rich, uh, like I alluded to earlier, we have poll questions. You can find them at facebook.com slash fans of balls and sticks those are the official weekly poll questions uh we have weekday poll questions so uh five days a week i put a poll question on our twitter page as well uh we'll we'll have those links in the link in the description below uh to check out our our twitter our facebook our facebook fan page and uh yeah and the show page so rich Hit us with that poll question. What was it this week? We're still in our movie. Uh, these are the semifinals? Quarters. Quarterfinals. Quarters. Like quarterfinals. Okay. Yeah. So our quarterfinal uh, matchup this week was our number one overall seed, Field of Dreams, going up against a wild card that won its first round matchup, the Mighty Ducks. Yeah. That's a, a lot of votes. A lot of votes lot for of this votes. one. A lot of people had opinions. Yeah. 13 to 8. Did that surprise you? 
It did. I was kind of surprised that the Ducks got that many votes. I voted for the Ducks. Yeah. Yeah. Quack. Okay. Quack. 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 Don't you remember that, Rich? I do. Okay. I do. But it's still not... I, I can't go against a classic like Field of Dreams. I've watched Field of Dreams all the way through without falling asleep, finally. Yeah. Yeah, every other time. So, I, we we talked about it when we first did the Field of Dreams poll. That week I watched Field of Dreams. For real, I did. Because um, mm-hmm. every other time I tried to watch Field of Dreams, it was going to or from a baseball game or on a long road trip in a, with schools and stuff. And they put it on at, like, 8 o'clock at night. And you've been mm-hmm. doing stuff all day. And you're super tired. So you just sleep. And that's fair. Is like that. That's the same thing. I, I've had movies like that to where it's for for whatever reason. The pre- I'm... Oh, you're 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 dropping out, Rich. I think we lost Rich. So, folks, the poll question ended at thirteen to eight. In honor of Field of Dreams. Rich, you were surprised at Mighty Ducks getting eight votes. Uh, what do you think it should have gotten? I, I don't know what the what, what it should have gotten. I was just surprised that it got eight. That's all. Okay. Um, we do have a shout-out for our poll. Um, friend of the show, Adam Heath, said Emilio ha- is no match for Costner, plus James Earl Jones. And uh, That's a dad, very valid point. Yeah, and my dad replied exactly. <laughs> um, I it, I didn't see those until earlier today. Otherwise, my response would have been the flying V. Because <laughs> ducks fly together. They do fly together. Have you had a chance to watch any of the the Mighty Ducks Game Changers, like TV adap- TV show adaptation that they did on Disney Plus? No. Why would I do such a thing? It's I, odd. I think I, it's. I, I want to enjoy the classic and not worry about the, the remake stuff. Like if they made Field of Dreams tomorrow, if they they announce tomorrow that they've greenlit Field of Dreams remake, it's gonna be in Idaho, or whatever. I don't know, in a potato farm or something. I don't know how you come out of the fields of a potato farm, but yeah. But I don't know. I mean, the, 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 the Disney show around it is kind of like a continuation of, like, what happened mm-hmm. years, 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 years down the road, down the road to, like, the Mighty Ducks. Okay. As a, as kind of like a youth sports do franchise. Bring in, a, do they bring back any of the, oh, so none of the original characters are in it? Um, Emilio Estevez he, is in it as Gordon Bombay. And they He's... brought back maybe six of the okay. six of the original teams so far. Okay, I maybe I'll have to watch some of it. We'll see, but uh, it's just okay. Rich, what like is this much. week's poll question? All right, so we're gonna go down to the four-seven matchup for second round, as you're gonna see the number four seed, Remember the Titans, take on fellow Disney real life dramatized real life story number seven miracle 
Man, so two, two hockey movies, hockey movies, two weeks in a row. Yeah. Yes. So which are we gonna life drama? Yeah, which dramatized true life story? Are we gonna knock hockey out of our poll question in two weeks? I don't know. That's up to you for you to decide, folks. At Facebook.com/slash Fans of Balls and Sticks, check it out. Hey, Rich, do you see what's coming up ahead? Is it a left turn? Yeah. But guess what? There's a right turn in there, too. Because we're heading to the road course in the NASCAR corner. Brought to you today by Triple I Sports Card Incorporated. Your home for sports memorabilia. Check them out in East Moline, Illinois. For all your sports card needs, check out Triple I Sports in Sports Cards Incorporated. Okay. So, Rich, um, good news, bad news. Uh, Alex Bowman. Man, did you see that race last week? I did. It was. Man, domination by one team. Not one car, one team of cars. The uh, the Hendrix motor, uh, the Hendrix uh, team did an amazing job, winning one positions one, two, three, and four. Their entire livery finished ahead of anybody else in the team in the in the race. Mm-hmm. Quite dominating. Kind of disappointing, like for Kyle Larson, who led most of that race, but. Due to restarts, lost to his teammate Alex Bowman. Yeah. And I also lost this week as Martin Truex Jr. had a disappointing day in Dover for by his standards as he finished nineteenth and Mike Year pick Denny Hamlin came in eighth. Yeah, it's one of those things where uh I mean Denny's just Denny Denny looked like he did a pretty decent job this week and hooked up. Um that means me to 10 to your three, Rich. Yeah, 10 to three. Not my year this year, it's but... It's starting did. to feel like last year for you. It is. But Only in the, reverse. The, yeah, exactly. It's reversed. Um, So let's real quick give our NASCAR shout-outs. Um, last week's winners. Uh, you won, Rich. Yeah. I came in second. I came in second. Uh, Tony came in third, and Solomon, whose favorite team are the uh, is the Hendricks team, uh, came in last place. You would have think thought he uh, would have picked more guys at the top of the league or at the top, being how he picks more. Uh, he tends to like Hendricks guys. So, um, well, you, you got to spread your uses around though, too. You think. yeah, but at least on the bonus, I don't know how his bonus points. Yeah, I don't remember how he distributed his bonus points, but so maybe he picked the Hendrix guys on the bonus pick side. So, Rich, who do you got this week? Do you got any advice for anybody? Uh, who do you think's going to okay. do well? Who do you think's not? Um, any any sleepers? Any of that stuff? Okay, so I think fantasy NASCAR lineup construction. I would definitely. Well, a lot of. Coda is unknown. 
nobody's driven on this track. The closest thing to maybe driving on this track is you had, I think it was Keslowski, Truex, and Elliott were part of the Goodyear like tire test. Yeah, that was that they they did the tire test on the track, so they have some real life cups are driving experience on that track but there's still a lot of unknowns it's just going to be a 20 turns 3.41 miles per lap on this course configuration and nobody's driven on this track before so while you might have guys that have a history of being good at road courses on the nascar cup series i would strongly look at your uses yeah because while you could go with a guy like like a Chase Elliott or Martin Truex, Denny Hamlin, um, like maybe even Ryan Blaney or Logano, being good good history of being good road racers, you got to look at your uses to where with no track history to look at, maybe I wouldn't I probably wouldn't go with a guy that I have like less than six uses on for this course. Okay. Um... In, in, I will ask pointed questions just because sure. um, you seem to be the expert at fantasy NASCAR. <laughs> I'm not saying you're the expert in NASCAR, no. but at least in fantasy NASCAR, you seem to be doing quite well, uh, winning the last two years and uh, looking like you're going to wrap it up pretty early this year too. Uh, who do you have as your winning team? Or who, who do you winning think team. you should look at? Um, I like the Hendricks guys. Okay. Okay, look for Hen- William Byron. For me, it's William Byron and uh, Chase Elliott. Even Alex Bowman have pretty good, pretty good road, road course racing. Okay, and um, but don't forget about your maybe the road course ringer that's coming up to the Cup Series. AJ Allmendinger too. Yep. Consider him as a uh, for your fantasy NASCAR land yep. as well. Okay. Uh, with that being said. Uh, I will pick first, and I'm going to return to Denny Hamlin this week. Uh, he he has been at the top. Uh, I think he, this week uh, he loves road course racing. He really does. Look for him to come out and uh, and shock the world and, and win the first race at uh, the the at Coda this week. Okay, I like Denny Hamlin as a pick out of uh, Joe Gibbs Racing. Joe Gibbs is probably the other strong team for road racing as well. So I like the Denny Hamlin pick. Um, he won't be in my lineup because of uses. So He's I'm not in my lineup, by the way. He's not a starter yeah. on my team. Hmm. I only have All three right. starts with him for until the uh, until the playoffs start, so I can't use him this week. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Chase Elliott. Okay, I like that Chase pick. Chase Elliott wins a lot of road races. So, and he's also going to be in my lineup. I've only used him seven times so far. Wow. So I'm going to use Chase Elliott this week. Okay. Um, with that, any more NASCAR news that we need to cover? Um, there will be practice. There is yes. practice and qualifying for this race. So make sure to maybe check your fantasy picks one last time to finalize your roster before the race uh, starts at, is it a one o'clock race? I think so. Yeah, yeah, one forty-five race, just to see where people are on the grid. One forty-five Central Standard Time. Okay. 
Or yeah. Central Daylight Time, not Standard. They actually have it screwed up on here. Because we're in, we're in Daylight Time, not Standard. They have EST, not EDT. Everything goes off of the, the Eastern. <laughs> yes, but I'm Eastern. saying it's not Eastern Standard Time. It would be Eastern Daylight Time. Yeah, you're right. It probably would be. So I don't know. So you can catch NASCAR. the practice. Yeah. So you can catch the practice laps. I think practice is currently going on on FS. I think we lost you, Rich. You said. Before you check, check your lineup. Yep. Okay. Um, FS1, uh, once again, for those that didn't hear Rich, because he kind of fritzed out there for a second. And uh, looks like the cars go around once, because, you know, it takes them a while to get around. Okay, now the heart of the heart of the show. We're going to talk baseball. Baseball, baseball. Rich, you ready for the baseball talk? I sure am. Let's Good start off like we Cubs. do every week. We review the week, the Cubs week in review. Look at how they did and how we think they're going to do next week. And then we get into the news of the MLB overall. Rich, the Cubs went five and two show to show. Um, you think that was a good? Uh, you think that was better than you thought? Or yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. Much better. I did not think they'd win that many. It's weird. They play. They tend to play up quite a bit. Um, they have moved up to uh, two games above five hundred, and that puts them second in the division, making them two games back from St. Louis. Hopefully, they win some. They won one back last night. Uh, hopefully, they can win another game back tonight mm -hmm. yeah you can uh the cubs will be in prime time as uh you'll be able to catch the game number two saturday's game against the cardinals over on fox uh they're the fox is game it, of the week it's not going to be blacked out is it no okay shouldn't be because if i get blacked and out i'm yelling at the mlb you about should how they should stupid, relax those blackout rules how stupid blackout rules are they are they are. That, but that's another. That's a whole other topic for another day. Sorry. You want to see the game grow? Yeah. You want to see the game grow in popularity? Relax those blackout rules. Yep. Especially for your streaming services. Yep. If <laughs> and, I pay for um, it, if I pay you to watch my game team, I should never get blacked out on any game ever. Totally but, agree. Um, this week they have two against the Cardinals, three against the Pirates, one against the Reds. Rich. Are they going to be able to make it into first place by the end of this week? At any point in the week? Mm. I'm going to still say no. Okay. It's hard to sweep their it's hard to sweep your division rivals, the Cardinals. It can be done, but it's really really hard. Hey, uh you know, let's predict that they won't that way they do and we can say we were wrong exactly. next week. Um, exactly. So let, let's see. They got six games. Um, the Bucks just been—they just can't seem to beat the Bucks this year. The Bucks for always. Reason. I mean, the Cardinals have the same problem. Yeah. The Cardinals always have the same. Like, the Pirates are the team that, you know, we could have the three best teams in the major leagues, which we have in the past. None of them will ever be called the Bucks because they just are never the top team in majors. Rarely, they occasionally are, but uh, but the Pirates come in, and for some reason they always have everybody else in the division's number. It's like the only games they care about is that 
But we have three against the Bucks and one against mm-hmm. the Reds at the end of the week. So, quick calculations. What do you think it's going to be? I'm going to go three and three. I'm going to go four and two. Four and two. Four and two. Okay. It's all, it, it's all, it comes down to the good week, bad week theory that the Cubs seem to be playing this year. Yeah. You gotta, That's not you gotta how you win the division, week, guys. They, yeah, you got to follow a good week with a mediocre week. So that's yep. why I'm going three and three. Okay. Um, overall, any other anything else that you're liking with the Cubs? Anything that you want to talk about before we get into other major league sports conversation? Not really. It's good to see that they're playing through injuries. Is now yep. uh, you got Jason Hayward out, uh, but it seems like uh, Ian Happ's back. Yeah. To hitting, hitting yep. again. So. Okay. Um, heading over to the rest of the majors, um, everybody's least favorite former Cardinal, former Angel, Angels, yeah. yeah, former Angel and and current, and this is the news that we're talking about: mm-hmm. Albert Pujols signing with the Dodgers. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by this move. I think that I thought that he was going to be kind of dig in and say, you know what, I want a clear path. I want a clear path through playing time Yep. to where I think he would have held out and he would have held out. I mean, I heard that there was talk that he was going to go play for the Dominican, the Dominican national team and be on their Olympic roster since he could, since he was no longer on a major league roster. Yeah. But I guess I mean the Dodgers have a role for him and he's okay playing that role. Yeah. Uh, they didn't have any good, good right-handed bats. So, you know, good for him. He's got a chance to maybe go out with the World Series ring and uh, and get paid to be a bench guy for the Dodgers, a good bench guy and mentor yep. to the to a young squad to yep. the younger players on that roster. Do you want to hit the which topic do you want to hit Ooh. first? We got both two. Are kinda, we both got the kind of loaded topics. We got that are two have very a lot loaded topics getting ready to happen here, folks. Um, this is where we're going to spend the most of the rest of our time. Uh, in these next two topics. Um, let's go on the happier side of things. Okay. Uh, Spencer Turnbull of the Tigers and Corey Kluber of the T- Yankees. Boo. Uh, both hit no hitters this week. Or both threw no hitters. First time it, uh, ever that we've had six uh, no hits before June. At this pace, we're, we're supposed to get like something like 50 yeah, it's, it's crazy. A no hitter, two no hitters a month. Yeah, we're on pace to hit that. Um, it's the uh, the first time ever that we've had five no hitters thrown on the road in one season. That's impressive. Um, and it's the first time that the three teams have been no hit twice in the same season: the yep. Indians, the Rangers, and the Mariners. The other side of the the first uh, some other first times. Uh, when was the last, I, I think this is the first time since like 1918 that we've had back to back no hitters. On oh on the same night, yeah, back to back nights, yeah. Yeah. Court. So, just I mean, it's it's kind of amazing. Um, so then we get into the real question. Mm-hmm. Our no Tough hi- question, Rich. You posed it. I have a I, I have a I have a really well structured argument about it. But do you want to start the discussion, or do you want to ask the question? I'll ask the question, and I'll go off of yours. Okay. 
And the question is, are all these no-hitters good for baseball? Okay. Um, so you posed it a little bit differently, so my answer is going to be sound a little div- uh, sound a little odd. I'm going to try to that's fine. Going to try to shape it to the question, but it's the same basic question. Um, I believe what the no hitter is doing is the no hitter is showing what is causing problems with the game of baseball. These no hitters um, are showing that everybody is swinging for the fences mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or striking out. There's barely any in between. And when there is in between, everybody's putting the ball directly into the shift so the offense gets muted. Now, my real question for this entire argument, do the players even have a problem being no hit anymore? I think they have a problem being no hit. Because, I mean, you, you don't like them be no hit. But it's... You, you and I say that, but... I mean, there's guys that are coming out, coming out making jokes after being no hit. How so, Mike? I mean, I don't know their exact jokes, but they're smiling and messing around in the in the mm. bullpen. Yeah. When we were, I don't know. When when we were in Milwaukee and watched the Houston Astros get no hit by Carlos Zombrano. What the what the Astros dugout look like? They looked like they were a little bit mad or kind of frustrated that they just could not get a hit off the guy. They were they looked dejected. They look hurt. And yet nowadays these guys don't look like it, they they even care. Now I'm not saying they don't care. I honest I I it's these guys care. I do think they do, but they're not really showing it all that much. Or at least they're just str- struggling it off. Hey, this guy's just—he's on tonight. <laughs> yeah. And so he's it's on like, tonight. Let's move on to tomorrow. <laughs> it's just so—it's so hard to uh, to get into that and to, to actually say that that they actually do care. Um, Rich, are the no hitters good for baseball? I think they still are good for baseball, but it's showing how much the game has changed and how much the hitters have changed over the years. I mean, the strikeout isn't as big of a deal. Guys aren't treating the strikeout as a bad thing. They just sort of see it as, all right, it's just another type of out. No big deal. Move on to the next guy. I'll get him with the next at-bat. But, I mean, it's shown that, I mean, they, they've they been taught that. Yeah. Since so young of an age to lift the ball to lift the ball, hit the ball hard. I think the the term you're looking for is launch angle. Yeah, launch angle. You got. Oh, there's another word you need to look at, by the way, or another phrase you need to look at. Exit velocity. Exit velocity. Analytics. You got guys that you have people looking at with so much video and the evolution of the swing coach coming oh, into yeah. baseball. A swing coach instead of a hitting coach. <laughs> yep. These hitters only have one type of swing. One type. Yeah. Probably, what we can only think of maybe one, maybe two players that change their hitting approach once they get to two strikes. I mean, yeah, yeah. You were talking about everybody that. else. Everybody old, else, they don't change their swing. Old school guys. My visual aid. Okay. You yeah. hold the bat here. You hit. And when you swing, 
you just you you look for that launch angle you look for the you get your bat speed up you get you get all that going so that you can hit the ball so it has the best exit velocity and launch angle to get a home run that's all you're worried about on two strikes you know what you do you hold the bat the exact same and you swing it the exact same unless your name is anthony rizzo because what does he do he chokes up he chokes up on that bat and shortens the and swing shortens nobody else swing. does that and you know what nobody he gets else. on base half the time with that or he at least puts the ball in play there's a reason why he he is one of these guys that we love looking at and watching in baseball I can't believe it's not done more often. This is what professional hitters used to do. Hitters used to know if I choke up on the bat, I get a better, I get, I can change my swing. I can, I can speed it up. I can control it better. I mean, science says if I'm here, yes, I can get a faster swing. But the problem with that is the, where it's at, the faster I go, the less I have control of this side, right? The shorter it is, yes, I might, I can speed up my mechanics. This doesn't swing as fast, but what it does do is it gives me control of where I put it more. And when I control where I put it more, then it, then I can make sure I hit the ball and get it into play, as opposed to like you're talking about all these guys with the strikeouts. Yeah, I um, mean, ESPN did a great article of talking about baseball player, Hall of Fame players of yore. Guys like um, George Brett, George Brett, Wade Boggs, Paul Molitor. Yeah. Hated the strikeout. They yeah. did not want a strikeout at all. Now, it's not a big deal. Not a big deal whatsoever that you struck out. I mean, how many times have you seen a player just laugh it off and up struck out no big deal but being the other part of the whole thing with no hitters and showing how much the game has changed with analytics is also defensive positioning guys have like a little index card in their pocket to kind of give them a helpful guide of how to defensive position themselves in the outfield or you got all signals coming from the dugout telling you that hey this guy's up we need to shift over to the right or shift to the left. And it's not just the infield, but it's also the outfielders. So the so the, the notion of, hey, hit it to the gap, hit it where there ain't, that's harder to do because of how the fielders are positioning themselves now. 100%. 100% agree. Um, yeah, it's the biggest problem in sports that we have is is that. Um, the other problem, and and – you brought it up earlier. Uh, do you want to bring it up now, or do you want me to bring it up, and I can give you the rebuttal? Go ahead and bring it up, because I don't know where you're going. <laughs> uh, the thing about the pitchers that you were saying. Oh, the pitchers, yeah. I mean, the, the pitchers have gotten better, too, with them throwing harder for shorter for shorter amounts of time. You used to have guys like your Greg Maddoxes and Tom Glavins that would expect and know that all right i need i'm gonna go seven innings so i'm not gonna show the pitcher my i'm not gonna show the batter my best stuff early on in the game because i want to set it up for later use now you got guys that probably go into the game knowing that they're probably only gonna see the lineup through two times yeah so do they need to save their best stuff no i also mean guys aren't afraid to when it gets to like a 
when they're down on the count 3-1 or 3-2 in the old days what what kind of pitch did you expect to see in that in that situation because they didn't want to walk you you're going to get a fastball right down the middle yeah not anymore they'll throw whatever they want because yeah. they have confidence in their stuff yeah so here's my thing and this is i i agree and disagree all at the same time and that's because you kind of changed your gotten better <laughs> I, you kind of changed your your argument a little bit there uh your original argument was blanket pitching has gotten better which i would say inaccurate okay but i think you when you cleared it up and saying guys are pitching harder for shorter amounts of time that is the that is where the pitching has gotten better pitching has gotten better because the guys a you're not seeing them as much so you your your batters aren't getting the reps so they're not getting the ability to to actually uh deal with it or to to, to catch up to the the pitcher that's the first mm-hmm. problem uh but the bigger problem is yes they have gotten excessively stronger but look at curveballs today. Yeah, they're running in the mid eighties, mid nine, almost the lower nineties. Sometimes a guy pitches a hundred and two miles an hour fastball, and then follows it up by a ninety-two mile an hour curveball. You're right, that's fast, but that curveball isn't much of a curve, is it? Not really. Okay, and what's What's happened to the the sinkers? They're not sinking as much anymore. So the balls, because they're flying so fast, they don't have as much time to cut. They don't have as much time to to move. So you don't get guys that have the movement as much anymore. Which is, I honestly, I think it's what's hurting uh, uh, Ky- cousin Kyle. Umpires are used to seeing fastballs come at them and knowing and and being able and and they have to figure it out as it's coming at them where the strike zone in is whether it's a strike or not kyle loves to paint them corners doesn't he he does and he paints them bread and butter he paints them not with a with a hundred miles an hour fastball or even a a a mid-90s fastball is is his highest stuff He's normally in that 90 to 92 range for his fastball, but his curveballs, his off-speed pitches is where his bread and butter is and doing amazing things with it. Well, when you're a guy that's throwing a curveball that is 20 feet off the plate, when it's when it's 20 feet out, it's 20 feet off, and it comes back and it ends up right on the plate, What's that look like in comparison to a guy throwing a curveball at 92 miles an hour that may get an inch or two off the plate and then ends up right on the like on the corner? It's not going to get called. Those those differences are what's screwing it up. It's I I don't think that it's honestly the uh, the the game itself. Um, I think that that's why Kyle's not getting some of the calls that he normally does. Yeah, so now, Mike. So, so there's that. Um, I would say that there is, like I said, there's less curveballs. There's less skilled pitches being made. And it's all about let me rear back and break my entire body as I throw 100 miles an hour as a, as my normal fastball. 
60 times a game because god forbid i ever get to 90 yep and then you start the the parade of one inning relievers that are yep. going to throw as hard as they can for one inning yep and that's <laughs> one inning or maybe one or two batters now that's what the game three batters they have to do a minimum of three unless they come in unless at, they finish an inning unless they finish an inning yep but that's what the game has evolved to these very specialized things some of it's great I don't know that it's good for the game necessarily yeah so now you there's discussions alright how are you going to fix this there's talks of moving the mound back a couple of a couple of inches to change so that the batters have more of a more time to react to these fast pitches or breaking faster breaking pitches there's talk of banning the shifts there's we've already seen how we are limiting the, the number with the, we have a minimum batter rule for pitchers now for relievers coming into the game but <sighs> I think the only way the only way you're going to see this fixed is for hitters to change their approach at the plate oh man and that's going to take some time that's so much stuff right there it is that is so much stuff in there um let's start unpacking this folks because we gotta there's tons in that in that and and it's not necessarily rich making these statements this is major league baseball talking about it um i'm trying to find another quote here so don't give me like um yeah i mean mean the the mound is already slightly moving back in one of the lower level independent leagues that baseball is that the major league baseball is partnering with and their argument to it is well what happened during the dead ball era when pitching was so dominating the game they lowered the mound yeah baseball is a constant game of change so all right if we can't lower the mound anymore and we don't want to raise it back up let's slightly move it back to be more in the center of the diamond here's my problem with that forward here's my problem with that concept if uh, if cousin Kyle throws his normal curveball where's it going to end up if they move the bat move it back even five inches It's going to be landing on the plate. The arc for which he throws that ball, it is coming down in an angle that it's going to land in the middle of the plate. Right? And then you, Yeah, and then you're going to see it hit a million miles out of the park because now it's landing in the middle of the plate instead of on the, on the corners. Yeah. It's... Oh... I mean, I really, really hope that they don't go to that extreme. So, and they let, and they gradually let the hitters catch up to the pitchers, and for the game to evolve just like it always has. Right. I mean, they they they've done things to change it. It's a game that changes, and I'm okay with change. I'm not saying that you can't change the game. Uh, the mound moving is not my least favorite thing. There's other things that are, but um, here's one thing, Bill Shockin. Um, he is he covers baseball for the LA Times he uh, is 
he put a tweet out there that Rob Manford on Sportico Live said, sports betting is a massive opportunity for fan engagement. He also said in the same interview that Albert, Aldem Silver of the of the ML of the of the NBA uh, told him to stop talking about pace of play because baseball's pace of the game is perfect for sports betting, meaning wagering between pitches and wagering between innings. So I'm bringing that to mm-hmm. is this talk of the of changing the game in ways to speed it up to make the batters better which by the way we're seeing record number of home runs hit do the batters really need to see the ball that much better no I mean theoretically what's the ultimate proof of a of the of a batter being able to see the ball a home run okay so if we're seeing record number of home runs then what's that tell you about the batters being able to see the ball? They're doing just fine. Then why do we need to move the mound again? Because the pitchers are too good, Mike. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I mean, I I really don't hope they. I hope they don't take that. I hope they don't take it. But I mean, I mean, how much of the broadcasts? Do, are you listening to and you see the broadcasters talking about how the game needs to change or how it needs to get better? Those are notes. Wanna, uh, those are yeah. I, I promise you those are notes from the MLB. And I yeah. don't know why. Because, again, if it's... You want, exactly. You want to grow your game, don't badmouth it. Focus on the positive. Yeah. <laughs> Let's focus on the fact that there's been more home runs hit in the last three years than there have been in the entire in half the century before it. Like, we are hitting record numbers of home runs. We're also having record number of strikeouts. These are correlated. It does not mean that the pitchers are getting better. It does not mean that the batters are getting better. It means that the batters are only focused on one thing. This is what we've been saying the whole time, folks. Batters need to w- work on being batters and not just home run hitters. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, it helps to have a home run hitter on your team. But if I got three guys on base and my home run hitter comes up and hits a home run, how many home how many runs is that worth, Rich? That's four runs. That's a grand slam, four runs. Okay, here's my question. If all of my guys are swinging for the fences or striking out and only one of my guy hits one of my guys hits a home run, how many runs is that worth? If he strikes out, you got no you got no runs out of that. If he if he hits a home run, if one of my guys if he hits, hits a home, home run, it's a four. No, if, if he, he if you have the bases loaded, it's four. But if if all of my guys are now focused on home runs, so nobody's on base, and one. my home run hitter comes up and he hits a home run, it's worth one point. Analytics tells me having guys getting on base is better than not having guys get on base. You play. Yeah. You play small ball so you can play the big ball. Yeah. How many times are you listening to Pat and Ron and you hear Pat Hughes, a veteran baseball announcer, and it's, you know, the Cubs could really use a long ball right now. It's yeah. like when they have a runner on, it's like, um, how about you get another guy on base? Yeah. 
and then another guy on base, and another guy on base. Yeah. Keep the line moving. Keeping the line moving equates to runs. Home runs, yeah, they equate to runs. But if you got nobody on base at the time, they don't. They equate to equate to one run. I mean, the 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 National Basketball Association uh, has the game has evolved because three points is worth higher than one point or two points, right? Yeah. And so, um, wouldn't four points be greater than one point? Mm-hmm. Get guys on base. Have one or two guys focused on that long ball. You got one or two guys that are focused on that long ball. By the way, here's other things that change. If you got, if the rest of your line can just move the line, you get one, two, three guys on base regularly. They're just moving the line to set up for their for your two home run guys. I'll even give you two home run guys. Your one, two, and three guys should not be home run guys. Those guys should get on base. Your three, your four and five guys, those should be your cleanup hitters. Your four guys should be your best home run hitter. Your five guys should be your second best. So if your four guy strikes out, your five guy comes in and makes that home run, gets you a grand slam. You got four runs on the board. That's how you do it, folks. But if all your if your one, two, and three guy are focused on hitting, getting on the base, getting on base, they're going to worry about pulling the ball away from the shift or pushing the ball away from the shift. They're going to worry about being able to hit that bloop single into center instead of into right where the shift is. You're going to you're going to have guys that are that are going to be able to control how the ball comes off their bat more which then leads to plays that by the way um there was a poll question done by the MLB itself that stated uh, they they asked what what's your favorite type of baseball play. You know what the number one was, Rich? A triple. You know what number two was? A double. You know what number three was? A home run. No. Really? A stolen base. Stolen base. I you know what? Forget about the stolen you know what base. took fourth? A home run. People want to see triples, doubles, stolen bases, and then a home run. But all batters want to do is hit a home run. Oh. Well, that doesn't work. That's what gets them paid if they're putting up offense and contributing to the team winning. That's what gets them paid. Yeah, and that's true. It's hard. The, the hardest part is that we don't we do not do a great job of measuring. Um, we don't do a great job of measuring uh, players that get on base and get hit in. There are some measurements for it, but they're not the they're not the ones that everybody cares about. A guy that gets on base that has a a six hundred on base percentage is probably your most valuable player, but will never win an MVP. You know why? Because it's the guy that hit thirty home runs this year, forty home runs this year. Yeah. So okay. like, are we ready to to move on? Because kind of like that home run swing and guys getting paid because they're putting up the home runs. That actually kinda leads into a great, topic. A great uh, thing to this. Um, there was some controversy with the Crosstown Rivals, the Chicago White Sox, as Yerman Mercedes had a 3-0 pitch, dug in, allegedly 
at that time, Tony Larusa comes running out of the baseball or out of the dugout, screaming, "Take, take, 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 take!" Or he's on the top step. He's on the top step, yelling, "Take, take, take!" Yep. And Twins, uh, the Twins had put in a backup infielder and a backup catcher, pitching in the ninth inning. While the White Sox are up four, or 15 to 4, Yerman Mercedes, with two outs, Yerman Mercedes swings and hits a home run. Lots to break down in this play, but let's first talk about the analytics and the best stats of this play. First analytic of this play do you know what the speed of the pitch was? That was, quote-unquote, a fastball. 49 miles per hour, I believe it was. 46. 46. Ah, it was close. 46. Do you know what the exit velocity of that ball was as it exited the bat? No, I did not. 109 miles an hour. That boy ripped that ball as hard as he could. Folks, I say boy not in a derogatory term but in the fact that he's like 18 19 years old he's a young mercedes is in like his 20 he's in his like mid 20s he spent a lot of time in the minor leagues oh he finally got his chance okay well he finally has his chance in the majors still which brings up whether or not this was right or wrong and then finally what was the flight distance of this ball that thing went over 430 feet didn't it dead center 439 He muscled the crap out of that ball. Like, he he hit that ball as hard as Benny hit the ball that blew the, the skin off of it. In the greatest sports movie of all time, The Sandlot. In your opinion, Mike, but yeah. So, I mean, he, he nailed that ball. So, let's get into Rich. First of all, right or wrong? And back up, back up your argument. Yeah. You know, when I first put this thing on the outline, I was saying wrong. You know what? Take, okay. Take it. I mean, take the side. At least let it go the three and one. Okay. Let it go the three to one. Your team is up 15 to four, and there's two outs. So it isn't like he was the first batter in the inning. There were two outs. Okay. But. What? Now, now I'm going to ask you. Why did you? Why was that your original opinion? The game was over, and there were two outs. Okay. But are you gonna are you gonna also quote the unwritten the unwritten rules of baseball? A little bit. Of, okay. Yeah. Of you don't. Why? Why do you need to get that another run? No, I was saying. I. I mean, yes. The the call off the dogs. Call off the dogs. Yeah. But. I was thinking you were thinking the the basic of unwritten rules, which is you never you don't you take a three zero pitch. You always take a three zero pitch. Yeah, I mean that's again an unwritten rule. Okay. Now you said you changed your mind. I have. The thing is, you play. I don't blame one bit for Mercedes doing this. You play the game to win. So the game wasn't over. So why not? Yeah. The game wasn't over. And until baseball decides that a manager can throw up the white flag and say, 
right, game's over. We will forfeit. <laughs> we forfeit. Let's end this game now. We're not going to come back. It's still there. I mean, the Twins could have, in theory, batted in the bottom of the ninth and come up with 12 runs to tie the game and send it into extras. They could have. Yeah. There's always that chance with baseball. Yep. That's why you I, play I, nine. Exactly. I mean, I would have said maybe take and not swing 3-0, but also because this is how guys get paid is by putting up numbers. Who's to say if your main Mercedes strikes out and that's the difference between him getting a higher case in arbitration or maybe maybe that sends him into a slump and then he's he finds himself down in Charlotte in AAA for the White Sox. Okay. Or not playing in a couple of days. Are you ready for it? Yeah. So I, I, I would say... So my opinion, I'm, I'm going to go with because the game has changed, I would say Mercedes was in the right. Go for it. Okay, I'm going to say Mercedes is in the right. And I'm actually going to use old school baseball rules. Okay. Rich, when you put a position player on the field, basically the unwritten rules say there are no rules anymore. I can agree with that. He chose to save. I think they said that, they are, that, that, that there were six other pitchers on the active roster that they could have put in out of the bullpen or by sending in a starting pitcher. You to get three gave outs. up any rights to be upset about it until once you put a, a non-pitcher on the mound. A position player on the mound equates to no more unwritten rules of baseball. That's basically how it goes. A 3-0 pitch means nothing when it's a when it's a uh, when it's a, a position player. If they have a full play, uh, if they have an actual pitcher, if one of their relief guys is coming out to get a close, I mean it's a bl it's not even a safe situation, but if it's a if he's coming out to close to get some practice reps in cuz he hasn't pitched in 3 days, yeah, you take on the 3-0. I'm okay with that. But as soon as you open yourself up by putting a position player on the mound, you know what you did? You done erased all the the rule, the unwritten rules of baseball. Period. I don't care. Get out of here with that bowl. So that's that's issue number 1. Issue number 2. And this is where so that's that's where I say in the right uh in in the in in the moment it was right. Now, after the game, this is where things get real bad. Yeah, and that's where I was that's where I was hoping we would go, Mike. Tony LaRussa in his interview, all seventy six years of age that he's got on him. probably older than most of these guys' grandpa. Let's be honest. Yeah, probably grandpa. He's probably older than all of their grandpas. Comes up to the mic and says, Oh, well, uh, he was wrong in what he did. I, I saw him digging in and I, I came up and I, I was yelling, Don't take, take, take. He said he ran out of the dugout screaming take, by the way. That's what he said. He's going to have to live with the consequences of his decision. 
and blah, blah, blah. He said a few other things. He did say, I hope that the, that the twins know I'm going to take care of it. He said that. So I actually have a different take on this. Okay. And I heard it. I, I'm not, I, I, I don't remember who I heard say it, but was Tony LaRusa trying to get the, get it so that he wasn't getting his guy thrown in? His statement oh. sounds like, oh, my guy's going to get thrown at. But then he says, I'm going to take care of it in our clubhouse. It won't happen again. I hope the twins understand that. Was he trying to save his pitcher or his 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 guy from getting hit by a pitch? In his own mind, was. at least. I don't think he was. He okay. said he will have to live with the consequences. Yep. No, I, I agree. I think he was wrong. That tells me that, yeah, um, it was wrong. We have, I went and apologized to the twins. Oh, yeah, I forgot that part. Yeah. yeah. He went and apologized, talked to the twins, saying that, hey, my bad. I told him to take. It wasn't my fault. This wasn't on me. Yeah. And now seem to care that his batter got thrown behind well and we hadn't gotten to that yet we, we we're now <laughs> exactly. to that point this is where we go fast forward to the, to the next day and uh the pitcher or um the, the one of the twins it was a twin starter it was a reliever tyler okay. duffy yeah tyler duffy comes up and uh throws behind yearman throws behind him and you can look on his face. He does not want to do this. He's not looking forward to this. But he does it because that's what he was told to do. And that's what you do when you're a pitcher. Excuse me. When you're a pitcher, that's what you do, right? You mm-hmm. throw it, guys, when you're told to. Now you do it in a way that makes it so you're like, well, I wasn't really trying, but I did. Uh, he gets ejected from the game. I think that was wrong. Uh, a warning should have been issued, by the way. <clears throat> he should have been able to finish his three pitches, but or three three batters. But okay, whatever. And he gets and he ended up getting suspended for three games. And fine. And fine. Yeah. We should start a GoFundMe page for that guy. Pay for his fine. Um, I, I don't think the common folk like us need to pay for a major league baseball player's fine. I, I think he's doing just fine. He can. Okay. Either way. Um, and then now, Rich, this is where Tony LaRusso's second post-game interview in as many days. Go ahead with it. Hit us with what he said there. I don't blame them for what they did. Tony LaRusso. Have your guys back! For all that is holy in this world, have your guys back. Exactly. He seemed like he was defending their actions. Like he knew it was going to happen. Like, seriously. So if he had taken, so if your mean had actually been hit. So the unwritten rules of baseball with Tony LaRusa likes to reference and adhere to, that would mean that your pitcher in turn has to hit a batter on the opposing team. That is not actually how it goes. The unwritten (laughs) rules state that if it's in retaliation for a reasonable action, that it's okay to hit him. If it's not, that's when you then have to hit a guy. If it's uncalled for, 
that's when you got to hit a guy. But Either yeah, way. But Tony, yeah, but Tony had more things. Oh. He, yeah, you had the pitcher Lance Lynn saying that. I don't remember what Lance Lynn's exactly said, but he's been he was defending your mean and defending the his comments being made. What's Tony Russo say? Well, that's why Lynn has an office. That's why that's why I have an office and Lynn has a locker. Yeah. Um, but you did bring up uh, statements by other pitchers. Uh, the best, uh, my favorite, my favorite pitcher currently is not somebody on our team. It's Trevor Bauer. Yeah. What old Bauer have to say? Good old Bauer. The next day, let me get to it because I want to read it word for word. I, I don't ever want to quote anybody out, out of context if I can. Okay. Um, oh, come on. Where you at? Trevor, you – oh, no, this is – okay, okay. No. Why am I seeing everything – oh, it's pinned. That's pinned. Okay. Um – yeah, this is great radio. I'm sorry, folks. Yeah. Uh, basically, he said, oh, here it is. Here it is. May 18th, Trevor Bauer, uh, hot off the presses. Dear hitters, if you hit a three-run homer off me, I don't consider it a crime. Dear people who are still mad about hitters hitting, kindly get out of the game. Shots fired. <clears throat> Can't believe we're still talking about 3-0 swings. If you don't like it, managers or pitchers, just be better at it. I love this guy. Yeah, I mean, I would say that Tony La Russa is the one that's in the wrong. <laughs> I mean, me. if you if you know your player said, I'm just playing the game and being myself. Yeah. I'm not going to apologize for that. You know yep. what? It's one thing to have your opinion and say, you know what? I don't think what Mercedes did was right. I, I, I was telling him, take, take, take. He missed the sign. I'll be talking with him today. End statement. Yeah. End it. You don't need to push further by saying that he's going to have to deal with the consequences. And if this happens again, I'm not afraid to run out, run out to him. Yeah. And get in between him and the pitcher and say, take, take, take. But to put the whole emphasis on he missed a sign, we're going to be talking about that. And then doubling down the next day saying that what the Twins did in retaliation wasn't wrong. Can someone write? That's where I have the problem with what LaRusa did. Yeah. I mean, you're the baseball manager. You're, you're there to protect your players and back up your players. Yeah. I, either way, uh, LaRusa was in the wrong. Yerman was in the right. You guys are all, uh, yeah, that's, I, I think we're both in agreement with that. Yeah. All right, Mike, anything else on the whole White Sox, Yerman, Mercedes, Tony LaRusa? I, I don't think that Tony LaRusa is going to lose his job. He might lose his credibility. And I think the media, the Chicagoland media and the media in general might be overreacting. Yep. To saying that Tony Tony Russo needs to leave, he needs to get out of the game of baseball. He's so out of touch. But 
because I don't think he's going to lose his job because he's in two. He's he's in. He's got the right guy in the organization on his side and the owner. Yeah. But. And it doesn't look like he's technically lost his clubhouse. At yeah. Least not a, yet. a couple of the guys in the clubhouse have basically said, hey, uh, you know, um, this is just like we're fighting with dad. He thinks we're doing something wrong. We don't. We'll get over it. Hopefully that's the way that it's going right now. If not, good luck with that. Yeah. I think he's wrong. I think he he did wrong by his players. I think he did wrong by the game. Um, But, you know. Okay. Anything else before we hit our... uh, Quick hits. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, Part of our quick hits, we have the Preakness Preakness Stakes recap and some news on that side. Uh, Rich... Uh, the uh, winner was Rombauer. Yep. yep. Second Probably. place was Midnight Bourbon, the guy I yep. picked. Mm-hmm. And fifth place was Crowded Trade, the guy you picked. We both yep. had good picks, good yep. solid picks. Mine finished in the money, yours didn't. Nope. So... Yeah, um, Bob Baffert won't be able to enter a horse into the final leg yep. of the Triple Crown. Yep, because the, uh, the New York Racing Association has banned, has barred Bob Baffert from entering any horses into tracks in New York. Um, yeah, it's not looking good for Bob Baffert. He might no. not be, he might be out of horse racing for good now. It, it really does seem this way. I think Kansas is going to hold up their ban on him. Uh, Kentucky. Or Kentucky, yeah, is going to hold up their ban on him. And if you can't run in the, the run for the Roses, then you basically have no re- real reason to run. Exactly. So, that's where the money, that's where your money is yep. in breeding rights, is being able to be, I mean, you can make a lot of money being a triple crown being a triple a horse being a triple crown winner but if you can win the derby that that gets you a derby the win, a, a preakness win or a belmont stakes win for a horse isn't as big as a kentucky derby win correct on their resume percent everybody watches the the kentucky derby people only watch the preakness because they're watching for the triple crown and the only reason people watch the belmont is if the the winner of the kentucky wins the 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 preakness so totally agree um if he can't run the 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 i almost said daytona 500 <laughs> if he he can't run the daytona 500 of horse racing which is the <laughs> kentucky derby uh there's no reason for him to be in horse racing anymore uh other quick hits rich uh the lakers won the seventh seed uh and so did the celtics and I think your notes are wrong on the eight seeds. The great, the Wizards won. Oh, the yeah, Grizzlies yeah. beat the Warriors last night. Oh, yeah. And the Wizards are going to be your number eight seed yeah. over in the Eastern Conference. In the West, Western Conference. The right. Wizards and the, the Wizards. Wizard in the East. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wizards. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I, I think that's a yep. big that's a big deal, I think, for your finals pick of the Jazz. I, I think if you're the Jazz, you'd probably rather see the Grizzlies than the Warriors. A hundred percent. So I think, that's a good thing. I think it's good for me. So, anyway, I do got to get out of here, folks. But before we do, 
if you're listening to us on podcast, thanks you, thank you so much. Please like us, uh, subscribe, and give us a good rating over on those rating things. I don't know how they work, but apparently you're supposed to like, subscribe, and rate, and do yeah. all those things. Uh, if you want to see our pretty faces, you now have two options to do that. You can check us out on facebook.com slash balls and sticks. If you don't have a Facebook, you can still catch a vid- our videos on YouTube at youtube.com slash balls and sticks, I believe is what it's called. Um, but you can look for our page over on the YouTube channel. Uh, again, if you're watching us on YouTube, like, subscribe, hit that ding dong diddle bell thingy and hit all the things. Um, and, uh, if you want to participate in our poll questions, there's really only one way to do it, uh, and that is by going to facebook.com slash fans of balls and sticks. Rich, hit them with our Twitter handles, and we will roll that outro. Yeah. Um, we can also find us on Twitter at balls underscore sticks, and you can also find us wherever you find You can take us on the road by finding us on wherever you find your favorite podcasts, a couple of shout-outs before we go, Mike. A happy birthday to my sister-in-law, Ashley, and also my cousin, Liz, who celebrated birthdays this week. You forgot one more. And you! And you. How could I forget you? Goodness. It happened on a Thursday. It, it did happen on a Thursday. I got lost in the shuffle. Yeah, you don't even wish me a happy birthday on my own podcast. Goodness. <laughs> no, that's all right. Um, folks, I am Meat Heart on Twitter. Rich is Mr. Rich925, right? Yes. Uh, so, uh, follow us on fa- on Twitter. Uh, we both generally put out sports stuff. Occasionally I get into, into politics. Not always. I try not to get too political, but sometimes I get political. You'll have to forgive me. You may not agree, but that's why Twitter is Twitter. Um, anyway, check us out. We will catch you on next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Rich, it's time to roll the outro. Broadcasting live from somewhere in Iowa, this is Balls and Sticks, the podcast, with your hosts, Mike and Rich.